Michigan's Children proudly presents Speaking for Kids, the podcast where we explore crucial conversations impacting the lives of all Michigan children, youth, and families, especially the most vulnerable. Join us each month as we explore public policies and issues in the best interest of our kids and families. We'll bring you lawmakers and policymakers, advocates fighting for change, and the people most affected by those decisions. With our host, Matt Gillard, President and CEO of Michigan's Children, we'll invite you to become engaged too and show you how to take action on what matters most to you. Episodes are recorded live and shared virtually on YouTube and the audio hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Welcome to Speaking for Kids, the podcast from Michigan's Children. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Matt Gillard, your host and the President and CEO of Michigan's Children. We're recording this episode on August 29th, 2022. For today's podcast, we're going, to, we're going to explore an important family issue that thankfully has been getting more attention in Lansing these days, kinship care. For those unfamiliar, kinship care is the raising of relative children. That can be through the formal child welfare system or foster care, guardianship approved by the courts, or through informal arrangements. Common to all these families is that the children who have come into their lives, often unexpectedly, have experienced serious traumas, abuse or neglect, the death, illness, or incarceration of a parent. There are 54,000 children living in kinship care families in Michigan. Here to talk about what's in store for kinship care in Michigan are two huge advocates for strengthening kinship care in Michigan, David Burns and Aaron Peets. Aaron Peets is the grant manager at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center, which offers free legal services, education, and assistance to older adults and caregivers throughout Wayne County. She's a lawyer and a member of the Michigan Kinship Care Coalition, as well as serving as an appointee of the Kinship Advisory Council to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Erin is also the informal caregiver to both of her parents and has a young child. David Burns is a licensed clinical social worker. He was most recently the director of the Department of Human Services for the District of Columbia. He was also the director of the Office of Children's Services for the agency now called the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. It was there he realized that kinship care is often the best way to keep children safe without placing them in foster care. Thank you both for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning. Erin, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a, a brief introduction beyond what I said. Well, hi, my name is Erin Peets. Um, I work at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center and um, we're actually located in Redford, Michigan, and we have a special kinship care program. And um, that's initially how I got interested in kinship care um, issues. Um, and I actually kind of stumbled upon kinship care, the kinship care coalition, because I was covering for a coworker that couldn't attend the meeting that she was the initial meeting that she was supposed to go to. So I went there and um, they, after that, I kept getting told, uh, you don't have to go to that meeting anymore. We'll, we'll take it. Or you don't have to go to that meeting anymore. We'll, we'll, we'll have so-and-so take that. And I was like, no, you know, I feel a kind of a connection to this because I do have a young child and I have older parents and I take care of them. And I always have seen things through the older adult perspective. Elder law was always something that I wanted to work in. And so when I thought of if my, something happened to me or my husband and my child had to go live with my parents, I couldn't even imagine what kind of struggles they would have. So I, I felt like 
that was something that I wanted to tackle and to be part of. Great. And David, you're also a member. Obviously, you bring a lot of experience from, from the District of Columbia and other states as well, but you're also a member of the Kinship Care Coalition as well, right? Uh, that's, that's right. And uh, on the advisory council for the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services on Kinship. Yeah. That's great. So what do, you, what do you think are the most important key issues that we should be pursuing right now when we talk about uh, kinship care in Michigan and, and what we should, what should our elected officials hear from about, about kinship care and what's most important, do you think it could have the biggest impact? To me, I think the biggest issue right now is educating the legislature that uh, kinship care is beyond the 4,000 kids that are in the uh, formal child welfare system that are uh, being raised by grandparents. But there's, a, a, as you say, another 54,000 kids that are being raised by their grandparents or other relatives that are not within that system. All of the focus on kinship, and uh, I think most of the discussions when people hear the kinship talks about the formal system, the where the families are licensed and approved but really the natural system of taking care of kids is with families. That's that 54,000 and probably a whole lot more where families need supports, but they're, they're forgotten. And uh, the supports that uh, are, might be available to say foster families and others are, are not available to those informal caregivers. Yeah, and that's critically important. And like you said, I think it's I think it is critical for the legislatures to to become more aware of this and, and to recognize that that there are people in their communities in this situation. And and we have an excellent opportunity uh, to do that with the election that we have right now as well, with even candidates for office to recognize that these issues are important. Um, what about from your stand your standpoint, Aaron? What do you think are the big issues uh, around kinship care right now? Well, I'm in agreement with David. And for me, it seems like that, like David said, in my simpler terms, it seems like the playing field is not level. So you have your formal caregivers in, in the um, system, and then you have your informal caregivers. And, they, and, and to my surprise, when I first started working in the kinship care area, um, we've always considered guardianship um, as part of the formal system. But in fact, because it is in the legal sense um, with the area I work in, but in fact, it's also, it's considered informal in the kinship and in the, in the child services arena. So they, I think part of what needs to be focused on is education and not only with the legislation. I mean, legislators, it's a basic educational piece for for everybody because i think it's it's such a prevalent issue it goes all the throughout the state and some areas have been more heavily affected by child placement um or or just the, like david said there's like a natural family connection so when something happens with a, a child and um, a parent's not able to care for them for one reason or another, you know, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, they're that natural connection for the child. So um, I just think that um, there's been so much focus on the formal caregiving side of things, whether it's a foster parent or um, that type of thing that it just, it feels like there's the informal caregivers get left behind. So. Yeah. 
And, the, and that's unfortunate, right? And we don't want to be, we don't want to pursue this or, or frame this as a competition, right? For resources or, or sides. But I think you're right. I mean, the challenge is, is that everybody needs support and services and we're just not seeing it happen. I, I, I do feel like though this issue is getting more attention um, and that we are getting, you know, more recognition from lawmakers and, and others about these issues out there. That's right. I, I think there's been a huge shift uh, in the way that child welfare operates in bringing in kinship. Uh, I've worked on both the national and the state level on these issues. And when I first started in child welfare, uh, even the formal side of kinship care wasn't given much attention. Uh, since then, the department has made great strides to recruit and bring in relatives and get them licensed, uh, which is good in some instances, but in others it's uh, misdirected because it would be better to support those families in many instances without bringing them in and making the kids the wards of the uh, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, but rather give the supports and services both to the biological parents and to their extended kinship network. Yeah, I, and do you see, what are some other states maybe that are that are doing a better job of this and, and that are having more success in supporting uh, the, the informal caregivers? Go ahead, Dave, because no. <laughs> I don't really, yeah, I haven't had much um, experience with that type of thing outside of the state. So Dave is much more qualified to answer that question. Well, I, I wish I had a clear answer. Actually, I have worked on the national level. I was the executive vice president of uh, Casey Family Programs, which is the nation's largest uh, foundation that deals exclusively with issues of child welfare. Part of my job was to run their kinship care programs nationwide and to consult with states. Frankly, I haven't seen any that are doing a great job. So I, I wouldn't necessarily hold up any as, uh, as the model, but there are some that have uh, expanded the TANF benefits, uh, what might be called child only or ineligible grantee benefits from what Michigan's I believe is $158 a, a month in, uh, per child, which is a pittance and uh, not really enough to raise kids, but they've uh, raise that. They've done uh, provide more counseling and supports for the families. So um, I, I think uh, there there are a few examples, but we're going to have to start on our own and find the best ways to serve Michigan's families. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's part of the work that you guys are doing with the coalition as well, right? So tell us a little bit more about that and how that uh, you see the coalition. Um, helping to drive some of the solutions here? The coalition or the council, <laughs> or both. Yes, so um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, there are certain things that, that the coalition does, like the advocacy for the kinship families and, and getting what they need um, out there to speaking to the legislators and, and saying, hey, this is what we actually need. We don't really need that. I mean, I think that helps. Um, 
I don't know, Dave, what do you have to say on that? Well, I think one thing that is quite exciting, the Department of Health and Human Services very recently uh, sent out an advice that said they're looking for ways to change and improve their state TANF plan. And the Kinship Care Coalition said one of the biggest things that they should do to change that TANF plan is to run some pilots showing how they could use TANF funds and other mechanisms to level that playing field for those in informal caregivers, increase the size of the TANF grant for informal families, provide support services uh, and guidance, the navigation kinds of supports, uh, enhance the counseling and uh, job opportunities for the families. So because poverty is often a, an issue for these families. Uh, so finding employment both for the biological families uh, or parents and for their extended families, improving housing, especially state subsidized housing, changing uh, uh, rules that prohibit grandparents from having their uh, grandkids in subsidized housing. These, these are kinds of things that could be tested in pilots, and then we would have a blueprint for being able to expand it statewide. And we're excited that the state seems to be at least giving some consideration to those ideas, and that will be a, an area for legislative action for possibly the legislature uh, directing and asking the department to proceed with those kinds of pilots. That's exciting. That's great. Yeah. I was going to say, I do see that the pilot program, um, it, it does seem like it would be beneficial so that you would have that roadmap. But also, um, you know, a lot of people, though, they don't want to be involved with that type of thing because it does get them in, in contact with the state. So face to face. And I'm concerned about those people as well. Um, and so when I went back to education, I just I think that's a really important part. So I would like to see the state move more into that, like public awareness and um, doing a campaign basically and saying to those people that don't want to participate in any of these programs and saying, you know, um, this is what you guys are facing. We're just trying to help you basically. And, and doing that just like they did with um, say domestic violence, we've tried to do with elder abuse somewhat successful that's been you know more recognizable but i also like to see that happen here where people know and then get the education that they need and have it widespread yeah these pilots wouldn't necessarily be operated by the department of uh, health and human services but rather uh, there's some family resource centers that are being created through the children's trust fund uh, they're already starting pilots, but they haven't had a focus specifically on kinship. I would say strengthening those kinds of pilots that would not be as intrusive or scary for families to uh, go in and get the supports for. Because if you level the playing field, you have to have some mechanism for those families to get the financial resources, the sports and the counseling, and this kind of non-intrusive uh, serve various kinds of families in a family resource center, but make sure that they have the resources and the knowledge to also include and better support the kinship families would be, I think, the way, the way to proceed. 
Yeah, that certainly makes a lot of sense to me. And, and like you said, we do have some of those family resource centers in communities already. And the children's, I think the Children's Trust Fund is, is uniquely situated to support those efforts as well. And I think that's right. a good model. So there, I know there's a September is National Kinship Care Month, right? And I think there's a couple of uh, conferences coming up in Michigan. Do you uh, tell us a little bit about those? Um, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> going to both. Um, you know, I don't have any kinship care experiences myself. I like to go and, and hear those issues from the kinship caregivers and to put, you know, to to be able to um, take those situations and kind of put those internally so that we know what to expect or we've heard of the issue before we have clients that are facing that issue. And that's what our focus mainly is. And so we wanna help our clients by knowing what else is going on and being prepared and having that knowledge um, of what's happening out there. And so that's one of my, my goals of um, going to these types of conferences and um, learning myself on to, to what's going on. But I think there's going to be a lot of information, especially at the, um, the summit. There'll be you know things across the state and hopefully we'll be able to find a network of resources where a lot of programs they don't know about each other and so once you know that network starts to strengthen I'm hoping that's what that will do. Yeah the summit is on Wednesday September 7th at the Radisson in Lansing that is uh, being uh, run and operated through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services uh, at this point, it's been mainly by invite. They invited uh, agency directors, uh, uh, administrators, not just from child welfare, but from TANF and Medicaid and uh, private agencies. And uh, uh, that will be from 10 till uh, uh, about three o'clock uh, in Lansing again on the 7th. But uh, the one that will be of most interest, I think, to people listening to this uh, podcast will be the uh, one on September 16th, which will be Zoom. Uh, so people all over the state, the state can participate without driving to, all the way to Lansing. Uh, that'll be from 9.30 till 2.30. Uh, registration. Um, uh, I don't know if you'll be able to include that in your uh, uh, information that you distribute, but uh, if nothing else, you can call the organizer, Anita Rothert, and I, I think I can give her phone number 734-904-7193 to uh, register. And that's primarily for caregivers, frontline workers, families, biological uh, parents who uh, have had their kids in care, kids who were raised uh, by their grandparents, uh, really the grassroots uh, uh, focus. And we would love to see a huge participation in that again on Friday, September 16th. Yes, thank you. And that there is information on, on both those events, but on our website as well at www.michiganschildren.org. And uh, if you go under the resources tab, you can find all the information about about both of those events. And I think, David, I think you're absolutely right. And, and what we've seen is really 
Um, you know, these are power. It, it's it's powerful for folks to get in the room to with other people who have similar experiences, uh, and you know, to really, I think, start to build the movement that we need to build to make some changes to these to these systems and to make a make a better a better overall system here for for caregivers of all across the entire spectrum here in Michigan. So I'm looking forward to both those events as well. And I think we're on the right track. Well, I think we're gonna have to leave it there for today. I wanna thank you both, Aaron and David for joining us and for giving us a better understanding of, of kinship care and how we can strengthen our kinship care for kids and, and caregivers in our state. Please check out our Speaking for Kids podcast page for more resources and resources and information about the two upcoming conferences in September. Uh, the one sponsored by the Kinship Care Coalition and the other by the Department of Human Services, Health and Human Services. Like I said, you can find information on those at our website at www.michiganschildren.org under the resources tab. And to our listeners, thanks again for being here. And please download the app for Speaking for Kids, a podcast to catch other monthly conversations of interest to you around advocacy for Michigan's children, youth, and families. Thanks. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children with host Matt Gillard. Thanks for joining us. To explore these and other issues relevant to our state's children, youth, and families, and to build your advocacy muscle, go to our website at www.michiganschildren.org. You'll find links and news about past and future podcast topics under our resource tab and action alerts under the Take Action tab. Find and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Terry Bannis and Stephen Wallace produced this podcast. Contact them with your questions and ideas for other topics. Michigan's Children is a nonprofit advocacy organization, an independent voice working to reduce disparities in child outcomes from cradle to career through policy change.